Forte Catholic, I am Taylor Schroll, and this is Jonathan Blevins. I feel like I have to uh, say his name by his full name, it's not his nickname, because the man who once went by Bearded has lost his beard. John, you're dancing. I'm still a son of the father, Taylor. You are a son of the father, but uh, like you are a child of God in the sense that you look like an actual child. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's gone. I'm sad. It's coming back fast though. You see that? It is. Uh, you're, you're doing the full Andrew Luck neck beard right now. <laughs> Better believe it, baby. You can't know, you can't see it because the front covers it normally, but it's always there. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing I noticed. Like, I, like even going back and looking at pictures and seeing pictures of when you had the beard, I realized that it's mostly neck beard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like a, like, like a, like a chia pet. <laughs> Which is funny because like that's how I that's how I uh, talk about like my my head because like I'll, I like now I'm at the point where like I gotta stay bald most of the time but like for a decade I've been a chia pet I let everything grow out and then I just shave it all off and I look like a like a small child you look like an offensive lineman in high school like not that you used to be one like you you like when you first shaved you looked like you were currently in high school and I was mad at you for many reasons one that you shaved the beard. Two, that you looked young. <laughs> <laughs> because we learned recently that I'm older than you by a lot. You are older than, like, to, like, I thought we were, like, the same age. I actually never really thought about who was older. I thought we were, like, the same graduating class, though, same. for some reason. And, uh, like, I thought we were, like, right around there. And we realized, uh, like, I was streaming with you on Twitch the other day, and we realized that in high school, I would have been a freshman when you were a senior. So, like, what, what's crazy is... Like that dynamic is not the dynamic that you and I have, like freshman and senior in high school. But at the same time, I'm glad it's not the dynamic we have because what I did as a freshman in football and track and everything, I made ev all the seniors look bad because I was so good at things. So I'm glad we don't have that relationship. So I'm not making you look bad. I'm, I'm here. I'm here to make you look good, man. I appreciate that. And you're proving that by showing me that even someone four years younger than me can have a little bit of gray, even though I haven't had any yet. <laughs> I'm, but it's okay. I'm balding. So it's a horse piece. You are balding. And, and I, I started noticing that too. But, but yeah, dude, um, for a long time in my life, like I knew I was going to go bald. I, I've shared this before on the show, but it, it might've been three years ago when no one listened. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll share it again at, uh, at my grandfather's funeral, obviously not a happy thing, not a great, but like, where can we find the joy, right? And it was one of those things that, like, the whole family was sad, but the, the, the comedic relief at the funeral was that his eight grandsons, myself included, I'm the youngest of, of the grandsons, um, we were the pallbearers, right? And it went from oldest to youngest. And it looked like, the you know, like the, the pictures of, like, the, the monkey becoming the human? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like that, but for male pattern baldness. The oldest guy was completely <laughs> bald. The next guy had a little bit of hair. The next guy had, and at the time, I was, like, 18. I had all my spikes going and everything, full head of hair. Um, so that was the comedic relief. So even at funerals, we're able to find a little bit of joy. You know, that sort of thing. So Would you say that you were the bald bearers? <laughs> uh, really? You're going to make jokes about my grandfather's funeral? Sorry, we don't joke about anything serious. I forgot. <laughs> Not at all. We're, that's actually the, the that's a great segue, John. We're going to get into that um, here with <laughs> I, I want to share a couple of things. Uh, so this week we are celebrating two of my favorite holidays. Um, May the 4th, obviously one of my favorite, you know, Catholic holidays. May the 4th. With you. <laughs> and with your spirit. The celebration of Star Wars 
and um, all the great uh, spiritual writings of, of St. George Lucas. Uh, and then also, the second one, uh, Cinco de Mayo, because we all know that's a very important holiday here in Texas, and uh, it's not the holiday anyone thinks it is. It's a very strange holiday. It's just a battle. Nothing about independence. It's not our July 4th. It's a very strange holiday, but I got to drink a lot of margaritas, and I had Mexican food three times yesterday. Ooh, nice. <laughs> All right, so, but first we got to talk about May the 4th, and we'll get into that little thing that you segued into about joking about holy things. So uh, on May the 4th, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, uh, and I know that you have seen the movies and stuff, but I am like a huge nerd when it comes to this stuff. My wife is totally into it now. I have her reading the books. Like she, No. She's completely into it, dude. She loves it. There's books? <laughs> yes. I'm allowed to read, John. What's next? Pokemon books? There are Pokemon books. My son oh. reads them all the time. Um, but we spent the day, we, uh, we watched a lot of star Wars. They surprised us the the clone wars finale, this thing that we like actual star Wars fans have been waiting for, for a decade. The finale came out four days early. Like just, we just watched a ton of star Wars and star Wars has meant a lot to me. And like, it's one of those things that like you and I, like one of the first things that whenever you were co-host like, a year and a half ago, we talked about how I never cried. And then over the last year and a half, I, I guess I've started to have a heart, you know, like my heart grew half a size that day or something like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of moments in Star Wars that I tear up. And somebody much holier than you or I asked me a few months ago. They were like, you, well, you've been realizing this and, and you've been trying you know, opening up your cold, dead heart and you're realizing that there's a lot of bad in there and a lot of good in there. And, <laughs> you know, as you're going through that stuff, like, why is it that this stuff like makes you tear up or, or, or creates emotional spots, whether it's like good or sad or whatever? And I put I put that together in a lit in a, in the style of a litany of the saints, but it was all Star Wars characters. So okay. you as a sane human being, as a, as a Catholic person, you see a you see a litany of the saints style thing on Twitter. Like, what are your natural assumptions about that? Not, not me, not anything. You see, you see a patron, patron saints asking uh, Star Wars characters to pray for us. What are your first, like, what do you think about those kinds of tweets? So if I saw, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see a tweet and it's just a litany, but it's done to Star Wars. Yeah. That's all I I see it. Yeah. I would, I would immediately read it to see if it's, uh, if it's supposed to be like making fun of the church or if it's somebody who is Catholic, who's making a joke pretty quickly, probably find out that it's someone who's Catholic making a joke, decide whether or not I think it's funny and then laugh hysterically. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. I posted this thing and I'm just going to like, usually I save like uh, as a storyteller, you save the end for the end. Right. But yeah. we're in the, we're in the age of the last dance, the documentary we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and they're going back and forth in time. So here's what we're doing. I'm going to start this off by saying, I got a little bit, a very little bit of pushback against this. Most people saw it, and they're sane human beings, and they reacted like you did. And they're like, oh, Taylor is a Catholic person who works for the church, who is generally in line with the church. We know he's kind of insane, but he's trying, yeah. right? Yeah, he's trying. And and most people read this, and they thought it was hilarious. I, I personally think that I'm not comparing myself to anybody else's work. I personally think this is my greatest achievement. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! This is I thought, you have children. <laughs> well, yes. A, a point noted. I'm going to keep with what I said. So, <laughs> so I, I did this thing, and I set this up with two ways, John. One, people got mad at me, and two, Star Wars has meant a lot to me, and it's made me realize that there are things in Star Wars that have been important to me. Here's what I came up with. 
Like I'm 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 like how can I share this in a way that shares like what these characters have actually meant to me. And I was like as I started writing I was like this would be hilarious in like a like a, a litany of the saints format. It's yeah. quite obviously a joke. Some people didn't get that. But here's the thing. And and I know that you you've watched the movie. So St. Luke, right? Uh, I, I thought yeah. it'd be funny to start with a real saint name. <laughs> just yeah. you know, just kind of throw people off. Patron Luke Skywalker. Saint, do what? Luke Skywalker. Correct. Yes. Uh, what is Luke the the gospel writer's last name? What? I, I just want to prove that you know Star Wars better than you know the Gospels. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know his last name. I don't think anyone does. Uh, yeah, we don't. I just wanted to make you look bad. Okay, so Saint Luke, <laughs> <laughs> uh, patron saint of second chances, because he's the hero in the original trilogy. And then yep. he he kind of he he leaves and he goes off and and how does how does he end his whole thing? He sacrifices himself and saves saves the rebellion. Like he gets a second chance after he made some big mistakes in his life. I love that because yeah. I too have made some mistakes in my life. We'll talk about that in the final segment. Okay. <laughs> uh, Saint Kylo, uh, shout out to Caitlin T with Tolkien. She loves Kylo, a patron patrons of the redemption of sinners. He was the bad guy for two movies. Yeah. And yeah. and then he and then he turns like redemption is happening like I love redemption stories because I need one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're seeing yourself with all these amazing characters because you are amazing. Keep going. Well, here, here, like yeah, I mean, I'm connected with these people. That's what stories are supposed to do. They're supposed to connect with people. Um, and just like the saints are things that like I should be striving for, right? These characters and the great qualities and them being a hero are things that I should be striving for. I'm not saying that I'm just like them. <laughs> Uh, St. George, though, I thought this was funny. Uh, George Lucas, uh, patron, saint, patron of stories, pray for us. <laughs> Just oh, that's he, good. He wrote some of the best stories of all time. You know, St. Luke may have written, written some better ones. But, you know, after the scriptures, some pretty good stories we got going He's on. He's up there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else we got? St. Leia, patroness of standing firm in your convictions. She stood firm in her convictions even through hard times. Like, literally, like, give up the rebellion or we're going to blow up your planet. And then... She she's convicted, but she also wants to save. Like ultimately, she wants to save lives, and she does what she can to save the planet. Ultimately, the bad guys blow up the planet, but she did the right thing. Uh, yeah. and she's just a woman of conviction, and I, John, strive to be a woman of conviction. <laughs> uh, you have my favorite Jedi in there, Saint Windu. I do have my favorite. Okay, so but I kind of make a joke at Saint Windu. So read the Saint Windu one. You got it. Yeah, Saint Windu, patron of the military and peace officers. Okay, so that that one was kind of a joke. Uh, I want to see if you know. Like, I'm a huge Star Wars guy, but why would that one kind of be a joke? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I only remember him in the movie that Jar Jar Binks is in because Jar Jar yeah. Binks is my favorite character, and uh, he he was one of the coolest Jedi's. He is one of the coolest Jedi's. Here's the here's the reason that it's a joke is that. Uh, like being the patron saint of the military and peace officers is kind of a dichotomy because uh, yes. uh, military is all about fighting. The Jedi were all about being, they were, they were a peace maintaining order. They were not supposed to be military officers. And what do we know all of them as <laughs> military officers? Yeah. So, okay. I uh, see what you're doing there. The, the failure of the Jedi order was forgetting who they were. So uh, <laughs> like, you know, parallels for the church. Like what, what is our mission? Our mission is, is, is to, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and teach them to observe all the commandments. Like to go out and evangelize. So, like the only way that we will fail, like the Jedi Order did, is if we become insular and start changing our mission. Right? Um, yeah. Some things we can learn there. Um, who else do you know? Uh, saint Anakin, patron saint of deathbed conversions. <laughs> love it. I love it. He was the pod racer. He was a pod racer. But do, like, why? Why the deathbed conversions? Come on, you know this. Uh, because he had a change of heart, but on his deathbed, 
he he did. You're correct. Yes. I, I, I was. I was I was like, wait, you just said pod racing. That's not the thing that Anakin Skywalker is most known for. <laughs> but the video game is awesome. <laughs> the video game is awesome. That is true. Um, one of the things that cra- uh, uh, that cracked me up, St. R2, and I spelled it out like a human Persian, A-R-T-O-O, <laughs> just to make it make sense. <laughs> Patron of loyalty. Those droids were some of the most loyal people or th- beings of all time. Yeah, love the droids. <laughs> uh saint kenobi this one was crazy because uh you know we were were saying like oh these are things that i strive for patience it's not a thing that i'm built of saint kenobi he literally saw everything fall apart obi-wan kenobi saw the jedi order fall apart he's one of the only survivors and what does he do in response what i would do in response is go out fighting in a blaze of glory i would go and i would take as many of the bad guys out with me and die what did kenobi do he had patience and he went and waited on another on a desert planet by himself for many many years uh, to to protect Luke and protect the the future of the Jedi. What a, like what great patience, right? A desert father, I love it. A desert father. <laughs> I should have consulted you about about writing some of these. It would have been my only addition to the thing. <laughs> oh man, you're good at this. Um, Saint Yoda, patron of the interior life, because he was always okay. like, oh, let's ponder this. You know, like he yep. not, not a man of action, a man of a man of uh, inaction. <laughs> kind of a joke and a jab at yoda as well <laughs> um okay so th- that's kind of the gist of it uh i've got it all on, on my social media at taylor stroll uh but like so i got that like obviously we're having some fun and the whole point was these characters have meant something to me they're things that i want to strive for just like the saints are, are people that are that i that i absolutely adore uh sadly i know more about star wars characters than i do about the saints but they're all people that we that we're striving to like take the good in them and striving to live like that and like yeah. it was an obvious joke. Like no one that knows me thinks that I'm praying to Saint Kenobi. Like that's not a thing that I'm doing. It's obviously a joke. True. But so it's this weird thing that like a lot of comedians talk about like like about this. It's like there's in our society like there's so little things that we can joke about anymore. Like everyone just gets offended by stuff and it's like come on guys. Like we can't joke about things. And like I get that like sainthood and litanies are holy things. And, like, some people would argue, and, and those are people that probably don't listen to the show, that, like, oh, it's sacrilege or whatever to talk about holy things. and joke. It's like, dude, like, I joke about the things that I care about. Like, if I'm making fun of people and joke, like, I joke around and, and, po- and poke fun at you at all the time. I wouldn't do it about, like, some random guy that shaved off his beard. I wouldn't make fun of him and be like, what, whatever, I don't care enough to talk about it. I'm going to poke yeah. fun at you because I care about it, right? Does that, like, so jokes about religion and Catholicism and, like, it's it's kind of the thing we do. Like that's kind of my thing. So it's this weird thing when people are like, oh, like if it's not for you, fine, that's okay. Like I don't need you. I don't need everybody to be a fan of me. But like, really, you're gonna come at me for <laughs> for doing a fake litany? Come on, Taylor. Only Jim Gaffigan is allowed to poke fun at the Catholic faith. Okay. So here's the come thing. On. Here's here's what's funny about that. Is like. As bad of a Catholic as I am, I'm better than Jim Gaffigan. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like but nobody's better than his wife. That's true. Yeah, he's. Not, I mean, like, he barely practices Catholicism. I'm trying, you know. And like, he jokes about it. Everybody's like, oh, it's like, I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so that that's the thing. Just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, I'm having fun. Like, guys, we can have a little bit of fun with our faith. That's kind of the whole Forte Catholic thing. Okay, uh, last thing that I kind of want to yell about. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. May the 4th was, was the Star Wars celebration. Cinco de Mayo. I'm sorry. Please correct Cinco yourself. Cinco de Thank Mayo. You. Correct. <laughs> um, I, I went to pray with, with some of my friends 
And and one of the prayers that we did, we, we prayed the rosary because like Cinco de Mayo, Me- Mexican holiday, Our Lady Guadalupe, Mexican saint, like just like sh- she appeared in Mexico, big deal for the Mexican people. And then we get to, I just want you to stop me whenever this re- gets ridiculous. This is the end of the prayer. We prayed the rosary and then we're praying yeah. this. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary of Guadalupe, that in thy celestial apparitions on the mountain Tepayac, thou didst promise to show thy compassion and pity. That's for- weird. It's it's so strange. Why is it yeah. strange, John? I don't know. It's written like uh, a kid. It's a King James version. Yes, it's written in <laughs> Old English, and we're talking to Mary, who appeared as a as a native of Mexico to a Mexican young boy, and we want to talk to that lady in Old English. Come on, church. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Who wrote that? You? It, no, no. It's like a prayer on like the, on the <laughs> internet, like for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I'm like, guys, what's what's the whole point? The whole point of the incarnation, Jesus coming down to be one of us. Not only was he one of us in general in humankind, he was a Jewish man in Palestine. Like Mary, she was a Jewish woman in Palestine. But how did she appear to the Mexican people? As one of them. Like, she incarnated her, like, not in the same way that Jesus, like, she became what they were so that they could understand. And now we want to, like, whiteify it <laughs> and take this old English stuff and put it on it. It's like, how have we as a church not understood the incarnation of Jesus and the apparitions of Mary where she shows up to people as they are? And then we try to make it this old culture that doesn't even make any sense. Like it's old English isn't even special in the church. Like people can argue for Latin. That's fine. But like Jesus wasn't speaking Latin. Mary wasn't speaking old English when she appeared in Tepayac. Like she was speaking Spanish. Is there a Spanish version of old English? No, because they're not the same. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. We love to do that, bro. Yeah, We love white Jesus too. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It it just rubbed me so much the wrong way. And like, it's just like, I, I, I feel like, like, what Our Lady Guadalupe does, the reminder for me, like the challenge for me, because I think this is ridiculous, but I think I can do it too, where it's like, I, I need to practice the incarnation of my own life. Like Jesus came to be one of us in, in all things but sin, right? But me as a, as a Catholic, me as a missionary, me as a, as a podcaster, like all, all as a speaker, all of these things, if I'm just bringing my own stuff and my preferences to people, I'm never going to reach the amount of people that I could if I was meeting them where they are, right? We, we like right. You have a youth ministry background, I have a youth ministry background, so I think it's just kind of on my head. Like So many people try to bring this old English style of youth ministry to kids now, and they're just like, what? You know, like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was my rant for the day. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I agree with you. I think it's kind of outrageous. I uh, also think we should just start telling the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe more um, to better understand it. I mean, I, I've learned, I've listened to some pilgrimage stories of even just the people in Mexico making the pilgrimage uh, every year and the kind of celebration that happens there and the kind of things that they do in order to honor um, Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's beautiful. I mean, it is cool. Uh, so, and I've just learned a little bit about it this past year because my pastor is big into it. So I agree with you, man. It's so funny because you just painted me into a very weird corner completely on accident. You're like, we should talk about this story more. And we're already two minutes over uh, on the, on the <laughs> Not segment. you and me. So, not you and, not me. You and me. The Other church. people need to do that. I don't know enough about it to talk about it more. <laughs> uh, me either. I just came to yell. I didn't come to share with people the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're going to be right back uh, with Pete Yurok, a friend of yours. Do not go anywhere, guys. We will be right back for our second segment of the day. Uh, and there's, we're going to add somebody else. It's going to be a good time. Don't go anywhere. 
Hey, John, so the last couple of weeks I've been talking about uh, me being on Twitch, and I love being on Twitch, but you're the master. So uh, why do you love being on this whole Twitch thing? Twitch is super fun. I love a couple things about it. I love that you can form a community of people that actually do become your friends and people that you love and care about. And so hanging out with them any night of the week is just like hanging out with your friends, which is a blast. I love to be able to share the gospel in a place that desperately needs it. Sometimes it can be kind of a dark place. And I love playing video games with my buddies like you, Taylor. Oh, you're so cute. Um, yeah, so we're having a lot of fun. You and I have streamed together a couple of times, and then we obviously stream uh, separately as well. So at Forte Catholic for me, at Bearded Blevins for him. Even though you shaved out the beard, it's still Bearded Blevins because it would be a mess to change it all. Uh, so uh, go give us a follow. We're having a lot of fun, especially here during the quarantine. But, uh, John, you've been doing it for a long time, and I plan to do it for a long time. This isn't just a quarantine thing for us. So come hang out. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun. Can't wait. Yay. Back to Forte Catholic. I'm still Taylor Schroll. He is still Beardless Blevins. Uh, but we brought one of John's friends on, a guy I only know by listening to him on another podcast. Yes, there are other podcasts I listen to. I don't just listen to mine. Uh, that's a lot. I've never listened to mine more than 10 minutes because who would do that? So, uh, John, I want you, you've never been able to introduce uh, anybody to us, but you know this guy better than I do. So, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? He is my long lost brother, best friend if we lived anywhere near each other, that I got to meet at uh, some conference at Franciscan over this past summer, I believe. And uh, afterwards we hung out, got to know each other a little bit, and then went to uh, the worst restaurant in the world unless it's 11.45 p.m., <laughs> which is Applebee's. Half off apps, baby. <laughs> yeah, right, Pete? Glorious. I got yeah, it right, well, right? Absolutely. And we were in Steubenville, so there's, there's limited options all the time, but definitely at that time. So it was, it tasted good to me. Yeah, I was wildly impressed with uh, the university and not so impressed with the area around it as far as options for eating that late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the Holy Hill is a special place, but the surrounding valley, we love it, but could use a little work. So here's the thing, I hated that y'all told me right before we started the show where y'all met, but you only told me that it was an Applebee's. You didn't tell me which Applebee's, and he, I have some information to share with you people. <laughs> Are you ready for this? What have you done at that Applebee's, Taylor? I worked at that Applebee's for a year. <laughs> what? That oh, specific man. Applebee's. I, I went to uh, Franciscan for grad school for a year uh, until I dropped out because we had a kid. And uh, that's where I like, that's where I was working there in my year of grad school. I was working there my first year of marriage. I was working there my first time having a kid. Like, I, I worked at the place. Like, what year was this? I might have been your server. <laughs> <laughs> this was this past summer, so there's no way oh, you were no, our server. But wasn't. let me ask you, what's Taylor, what is your favorite? You worked there. What's the best half-off app? Fried green beans were really good. The boneless uh, honey barbecue wings, very good. Mod, mod sticks you can always go to. But that's not what we came to talk about today. It just blew my mind that that's where you guys met and I worked there, which is absolutely wild. So, Pete, that, that's how you guys met. Pete, I was just listening to a podcast from 2017 because that's at the point I am in in the quarantine. You were on uh, Tony Vicinda's show, and I was listening, and I was like, man, this is – this, this guy's phenomenal. And so he's doing some great things, uh, particularly uh, with the young adult community. So why, why don't you just introduce uh, what, you, what you're doing, what your ministry is, um, and what you're doing for young adult ministry. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah, so I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan with my wife, and we have uh, four kids. 
And a few years ago, after I had graduated from Franciscan, so this was in 2000, uh, well, I graduated in 2010. In 2011, feeling very called, like most Franciscan grads, to uh, do something in the church often. And uh, there was a ministry in town called Renewal Ministries, which has been around now for 40 years. Uh, Dr. Ralph Martin, Peter Herbeck, and Sister Ann Shields are the leaders of it. And I'd grown up with them, and I just felt called to they were the first people to go to when it came to ministry. And as we started talking, this growing desire to reach my generation, our generation emerged in me. The best way I can describe it is like a holy discontent. I just had this restlessness in me that we needed to do something to help evangelize and disciple people in their 20s and 30s. And when I looked at the state of the church, there's a lot of high school ministries, a lot of campus ministries, and then a lot of fits and starts when it comes to parish-based young adult ministry, and especially anything that would go beyond just gathering young adults together in an ugly church basement to, you know, talk about theology, to actually have some sort of deep transformation in community uh, felt lacking. And so for the last several years, we've been just making as many mistakes as possible, figuring out a lot of what doesn't work and uh, continuing on with the whole goal with ID. That's the name of the uh, organization. ID is to help young adults become intentional disciples of Jesus Christ, meet him, fall in love with him, begin to share him with others, grow in holiness, go make disciples, do it as a family. John, have you ever been a participant in one of these uh, terrible young adult, like not the ID ones, but the negative ones that he was talking about? You ever been around this? Yeah, I definitely have. It inspires me to do better young adult ministry at my own parish. And the last one I was at, uh, it can be rough. It can be rough. Uh, so I too, when I when I was a youth minister at a, at a parish before where I work now, I too was inspired by by going to young adult things and things not going well. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a great young adult ministry. And I started it. And it wasn't that great, uh, which is why we bought Peton today, because I, I mean, listeners of the show n- tend to know that I think that I'm great at everything that I do. But this was the one area that I found myself lacking was young adult <laughs> ministry. So uh, what are what are some of the things that you have found um, that I mean, because obviously this is a response to what wasn't going so well and y'all are doing yeah. something. So I, I want to walk through some of those things one by one. So what was something that you saw lacking and how are you? responding to that and, and, and trying to, to change some things so that young adults can have a place where they could grow in their faith and have, have a little fun um, other than yeah. here on the internet, because Forte Catholic is obviously the best, but you know, Pete, you can yeah, be, you totally. can be like 1.5 and John's definitely yeah. in fifth place. <laughs> Solid. Especially since he shaped. Um, <laughs> yeah. So where, where to begin? I, I'd say one of the first things is I've spoken to many, many people across the country have a, a real hunger to build young adult ministry. Often it's a youth minister who has a slash in their title, which means 99% youth and 1% young adult ministry. Another thing to consider is every parish I've ever talked to has young adults in their top five or top seven pastoral priorities. And then when you look at their budget, space, personnel, it doesn't reflect that at all. Mm. So one thing we have to recognize is that the level of investment we put into something is is going to be directly correlated to what we get out of it. And so young adult ministry as an afterthought is means it's going to be probably a relatively small group of eclectic people who have big hearts who um, don't really quite know what they want to do together moving forward. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is whenever anyone thinks about starting something for young adults, the first instinct is always, well, let's gather young adults in the room and see what they want, which I think is birthed out of a good desire to, for, you know, subsidiarity or whatever, and kind of buy-in. But the fact is, um, we know what they need. Uh, it's not a secret what young adults need. They, we need Jesus. <laughs> uh, we need an encounter with him. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need people to do it with. We need a people to journey with or an extended family to run this race together. There's a reason why 
um, different gyms and different movements really appeal to our generations because we want to be a part of something that's bigger than us. But all those things, like a CrossFit, don't say to their new participants, like, hey, what do you want? You know, <laughs> what do you need? They're always like, hey, do you want to get fit? Actually, they don't even say that. They're like, hey, do you want to be a part of us? Do you want to be a part of what we do? If you do, this is what it means to be a part of what we do. This is our vision. This is our mission. This is how you plug in. And in the context of that, we're going to teach you how to be a member of this tribe. And we love that. But in the church, it's almost always the inverse of that. It's like, let's gather people together to then discern our vision and mission. And then hopefully people will, will buy in. And um, so what that often looks like is, is the lowest of low hanging fruit of the really well-intentioned people, but they don't necessarily have um, the gifting or they haven't been called. They haven't been anointed to build something in their community. And so we found it, it's much better to discern what is God asking, what, what does God want to do in this community? And then see who is excited about that vision and mission, starting with the why, right? And then getting to what and how, as opposed to the other way around. I mean, so I, I mean, I can go on and on. I could give you three hours of things like there, but I'll, I'll pause if there's any thought on that. You said CrossFit, and I, I was with you till you said CrossFit, because I too joined CrossFit to be part of the community, and then uh, I'm I'm fat and out of shape, and I tried to do it, and it was too hard. Uh, so like, sure. I think one of the things that I found um, in the young adult community that that I that I that I started, and when we did have a few good things happen, one of the things that I had a challenge of as a leader was. There are some people who are here that like went through youth ministry the whole time. It's like they were just kind of looking for their next youth group, which is a balance of let's have some fun, let's grow in our faith, let's do let, let's have conversations, kind of be a community. But then there were also a lot of other people that were like just moved there. We had we had a lot of young adults that like where I just specifically where I was working. There's a lot of plant workers that were they just were single by themselves, moved to this new place, and they came in and they were like. I mean, I go to mass every Sunday, but they had never had any other kind of formation or ministry or these kinds of things. And like, to me, it's like, that's like me going to CrossFit. Like, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I was completely lost. So like a lot of times these young adult groups, at least in my experience, are smaller. And so the, the range of people there is much more evident. So mm -hmm. how do you not have my experience at CrossFit and going and being like, I don't belong in this community that I want to be a part of, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing too, right? So, because as a church, we're we're certainly called to love and and welcome everyone and and journey with those who want to be journeyed with. But the very nature of community means there are people who are in and those who are not, and uh, that's tough, right? Like it's not something we naturally feel good about, is to say those the, the like because then it can drift into almost like a tribalism. Oh, we're we're in here, and it's it's almost impossible to penetrate or a clicky situation, which we've also, I'm sure, experienced in young adult communities, where you go and everyone there knows each other, and they're completely content with that being the extent of any sort of relational dynamic. We're 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 good. If you happen to show up, well, if you can plug in, great. But if not, we're not really that interested. So the the thing that um, has driven us is a, a quote from John Paul II, uh, where he said. It's one of my favorite quotes from him. He said, communion and mission mutually imply and interpenetrate each other. In other words, when you say communion, you're implying mission. And when you say mission, you're implying communion. And he says, communion gives rise to mission and mission is accomplished in more communion. So in other words, like out of our relationship, we are sent to what end? To bring people back into the relationship with us. And the number one reason I don't think we, we experience authentic Catholic young adult community is because we don't have a commonly defined 
well-established mission. Mission is the lens by which the behavior of the community is dictated. So if you don't have a clear mission, you're not going to have community. Uh, and if you don't have uh, community, you're not going to have a mission too. They, 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 go, they go hand in hand. But very often we set out to build community, but never define the mission of that community. And therefore, you're just going to end up drifting and going through what we like to call the three-year young adult death cycle, which is first year is really exciting, second year plateaus, third year is a steady decline when something good happens with one of the leaders, like a new job or a baby, or they get married, and all of a sudden, the whole community lives in fear because what if the associate gets reassigned, or what if one of our, our best leaders gets a new job somewhere that pays them more money? We like don't want those things because then it tracks from the movement of where we're going. But if the mission is the thing that's gluing everyone together, then it can, you can, you can handle the weather, the kind of weather, the storms of ups and downs and, and trials and tribulations because mission continues to define uh, the behavior. Yeah. So what is the mission of, of these ID groups or, or, or however you would word it, like the, the young adult groups that you guys are, are inspiring and helping? Uh, what is that mission? Because I think that's been the biggest question for me. Cause I like, Almost exactly what you described. It wasn't three years. We did that cycle in about a year and a half because me, the leader, got a job and left, and then the thing fell apart. You know, woohoo! Yeah. Uh, Taylor's right. a failure. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, <laughs> so, what what is the mission that you guys are yeah. gathering around, and the mission that, like, if, if people are looking for young adult ministry uh, where they live, what what should that mission be? Yeah. So, our, at least from an ID perspective, our big why is to help young adults become intentional disciples, right? So, uh, what that means is helping them meet Jesus in conversion, live in community with other disciples, and then be sent in a particular way. But what that what that kind of boils down to for our contribution to that cause is raising up and equipping what we call spirit-filled leaders. Because what we found is that all programmatic solutions, all strategy, all efforts of the church other than the sacraments, which is another can of worms, but all of those things are, in our opinion, dependent on spirit-filled leadership. So small groups can be awesome. They can be a big dud. Uh, monthly meetings can be really, really great. Or they can be a big nothing burger if, unless they're led by people who have an idea of what the spirit is doing and how they plug into a bigger purpose and actually have some leadership skills. And so ultimately what we, we try to do in our chapters is to raise up a team of people who are living as spirit-filled leaders and then help them discern how they are called to build the kingdom in their community. So all of our chapters hypothetically have the same mission, reach young adults in their community, how they go about it. There's some commonalities because of every program. There's some commonalities between content and some strategies. But at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is, is not to cookie cutter, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's more of like the more we can raise up people who can hear the voice of the Lord and act on it. That's like our favorite de definition of a disciple. What is God saying to you and what are you doing about it? Uh, that, that those are the two questions every disciple should be living in. So the more people who are, are living in that reality and doing it as a family, an extended family together, um, the more I, I'm, le I'm less concerned about how that plays out in particular missions. I want them to discern it. We say it all the time. I'm not called to build the kingdom in Chicago. I'm not called to build the kingdom in Texas or any of the places that we are. But I am called to help the people who are called to lay hold of that calling and operate in that. And we can give them the analogy we like to use is we, we want to help you paint a target and we want to give you some arrows to shoot. But ultimately, we're about investing in the archer because a good archer can take even a bad arrow and still hit the target. But we could have the best arrows in the world, the best strategies, the best content, the best websites, all these things. But if it's not in the hands of a, of a bad archer, we're still going to miss the target most of the time. 
And uh, so our whole emphasis is is focusing on the archer. I think that's what people would argue about Forte Catholic. Like some pretty decent content, but in the hands of the archer, it's not doing so well. Um, John, John, there was an Applebee's where I'm, I'm guessing um, Pete said nothing burger earlier, and I'm guessing that's what he ordered at, at Applebee's. Whether that was the name of it, it probably was a nothing burger. Um, yeah, I really think all the food is the same. It, it's like Taco Bell. It just is plated differently. Exactly. But still delicious. Delicious. Still delicious. Yeah. I, I ate so much Applebee's because I got it, you know, I got it for half off. I bring it home all the time. But anyway, we're back, talk, back to talking about Applebee's. Uh, back in that Applebee's, John, uh, you got you got to hang out with Pete, and then there were some things like whenever I, uh, whenever you and I were setting up this the, our, our scheduling time for this, I told you who the guest was. You're like, dope! I love that guy. He's awesome. So, what was it about Pete? What was it about y'all's conversation where you were like, I like this guy a lot? Uh, we well, we just had a we had a crazy day. We all kind of bonded over just like what what uh, what we see happening in the church, and then what we know can happen in the church. Um, with good leadership and with uh, people who are intentional disciples. And so we just bonded that way and had a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we dreamt a lot and talked about the things that really a lot of what, what Pete's been doing, I'd be interested to know like how much, how much you've seen, you know, happen in your own life and in the ministry that you're in from the time we met till now, because it sounds like you've got, it sounds like you're on fire with this and it sounds like a great idea. Um, but yeah, we just, we just hit it off with all that stuff and, and, ta- and dreaming about what we, we think that the, the church can be, particularly with like young adults and with parishes and with communities. Yeah. Yeah. I remember feeling walking away. I mean, I, I love conversations with people who don't t- kind of put limits on God, uh, and don't put limits on new and innovative ways that, that he may work through the church. And so I was, I was like completely captivated by, uh, Jonathan's witness of using Twitch, uh, to evangelize and to just like build a following and bring glory to God and bring revenue to his family, all of it, like the whole entrepreneurial aspect of it just like totally got me revved up. Um, and so, yeah, it was one of those conversations where you just kind of know like, Hey, this is a kindred spirit. Like this is a guy, uh, these are, and it wasn't just the two of us, there were several of us, but, uh, these are people who are, we're all kind of on the same team or we're all kind of in the same spirit, uh, or stream of the spirit. And um, it's one of those conversations, too, where by the end of the day, you're like, I don't know what this means for the future, but it feels kind of significant. Like, this is a relationship that even though I probably will only see you twice a year at one of these weird conferences, it's going to be awesome every time. And there's like, I feel like I have a new, like another person I want to champion. And that's one of our core values with ideas, just this idea of like generosity always wins. So the more we can celebrate each other, the more we can collaborate, the more we can um, build up what other people are doing, the better. Uh, because when every boat rises, no, that's not how the expression goes. Whatever. It, like <laughs> if we all get better, we all get better. You know. I, I think what every boat rises is uh, something about the Panama Canal. That's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh... I love I love that though. This is why I champion Taylor on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, you you are you are a champion, uh, and and I lo- I love Pete that uh, you were right and you were prophetic whenever you said that that conversation in that Applebee's would come to fruition with a lot of fruit because here it is it's this interview it we've done it the three Steubenville Applebee's pe- people here talking about young adult ministry and you know saving the church and saving young adult ministry like we we've done it I mean I guess Jesus can help but you know us really just us so now that we've committed heresy save the ending of this man how can people get connected. With ID and all the all the stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks for asking. 
Uh, simplest way would just be to go to intentionaldisciples.com or id916.com. Uh, don't judge us on the website because we are actively rebranding and it's not a very good website right now. So, uh, But you can get the basic information. The other way would just be to email me. It's just pete uh, at id916, id916.com. We're actively looking for any uh, parish or group of parishes that have a deep heart for reaching this generation but just need a little help. Well, Pete, thanks for coming on, man, uh, for sharing your ministry, for sharing your heart, but most importantly, for coming on and uh, bringing another beard that is better than John's. I love that the man whose name is Bearded has the worst beard on the YouTube video right this now. This is my penance. <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Uh, John and I will be right back for our final segment. Don't go anywhere. So, John, I launched the new Forte Catholic merch uh, like a week before the quarantine happened. <laughs> how do you think the sales have been going? <laughs> I wonder how you're skyrocketing, I imagine, because it's beautiful. Yeah, well, percentage wise, they've skyrocketed but when I sold one. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> We've only sold a few. But, hey, we're, we're towards the end of this quarantine. I love supporting other people's merch. I'm literally wearing your hat right now. You like, are. Is, I can't wait to wear your hat, brother. It, it, it's so comfy. It's, I love it. So uh, if you guys, are, as you're getting out of quarantine and you want some new clothes, some new hats, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash store. Uh, support the show. Support your head. Support your your your. Uh, body I almost said chest that was weird uh, there are no brassiers on the site uh, support your chest fortacatholic.com slash store boom <laughs> welcome back to forte catholic i am taylor stroll he is beardless blevins and uh, here in this last segment, we're, we're going to talk about some holy stuff. We're going to talk about the Bible. Are you ready for this, Jonathan? I love the Bible. I'm ready. Uh, he, but before we do that, I have to read something for you. And I promise that it's going to make sense. And I don't usually do this, but um, our friend Caitlin, T with Tolkien. My favorite. She almost had me in tears the other day. Like, yes, on the Internet, on the Internet, usually, especially on Twitter, usually people are very mean to each other. Not not to me, except for those punks that we talked about in the first segment. But usually I like I curate Like I have some fun. And usually it's like what I was talking about. Just like, like friends poking fun at each other. That's kind of my yeah. experience. It's usually it's usually not actual negativity. Right. And uh, the, like last week was really weird. Because there are some things going on in, uh, like, behind the scenes in my personal life where I needed some encouragement. And I didn't tell anybody that. Like, no, not many people really know. And, and Caitlin doesn't know. And she sent me, like, she was so nice to me this week. It's unbelievable. Caitlin came on my Twitch stream. She subscribed. Like, she's not a video game person. She just come, came to hang out. She's such a, a big supporter of people in general. It's like, she, just, she doesn't just do this for me. She does this for a ton of people. But she, she said something that, like, like my eyes started welling up and I wanted to share it with you. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. She's talking about the show and she, she tweeted out. She's like, I have a favorite podcast. And then two hours later, I'm going to share my favorite podcast. And then two hours later, it's Forte Catholic. It blew me away. T with Tolkien's wow. favorite podcast is this one. And, and I was like, like, I literally couldn't believe it. I was like, the other shoe is about to drop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because all my friends, we all put fun at each other, and that's how we love each other. Caitlin's just loving, you know? So it, it just. <laughs> what is this? It's supposed to be fake. So she said, it's the perfect Catholic entertainment e podcast. Very silly and lighthearted, but then you always sneak in some good, substantial content. It, it's an excellent thing to listen to while driving. Rotating co host means there's something for everyone, lots of different guests, et cetera. And, like, the thing, like, one, it was crazy that 
like it, it hit me because it was just something nice someone was saying about me and the work that I do. Like that that was a big thing. But the second one is I felt so seen because this is like this is my goal. Like like everything that he just said is like that's exactly what I want. And it's just it was just cool to like hey someone gets it and I'm really happy. So thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. Now that I know that you listen to it, I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> You always do things like that. Like uh, you're like I, I you know, like uh, 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 implying you never tried before. Like there was that one time where I like shared like the top ten episodes of the show, and you were on there like twice, and, and Father Anthony was on there five times. You're like, oh, now I'm gonna share it. Like yeah, I, I love how like time. like the only way that you're going to do something nice for me is if it benefits you somehow. And I and I respect it. I respect. Yeah, it. I do respect 100%. it. I really do. I only host you on Twitch so that it benefits me. Correct. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've gotten a few followers as well. You know. No, you're a great, you're a great <laughs> guy. Um, okay, so uh, in in Caitlin, as as she mentioned, in Caitlin fashion and Forte Catholic fashion, we're gonna try to do the holy thing now. We're gonna try to attempt to read the Bible. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of catch people up if you haven't been listening to the last few episodes. Uh, my spiritual life was really kind of in shambles around Easter, and I was like, I think Jesus is still in the tomb. And then he rose on Orthodox Easter for me. You know, it took about nine days for him to rise uh, after our Good Friday. And then I've just been kind of sitting with these stories, as the church has been leading us to, sitting with these stories of the apostles after the resurrection, right? And like, and I've, it's, it's been this weird thing that I've been connecting with, like their pain and loss on Holy Saturday. I've been connecting with, with a bunch of these different people. And it's like, okay, Road to Emmaus. This is the story from, from this past week. And you said you love the story. And there was just like one thing that stuck out to me. And I'm going to share that one thing at the end. Um, but for the most part, you're going to share why you like it. Because I only have one Great. thing. That's how much I, I planned for this. I go first? No, yeah, 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 yeah. But here, we're, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, now, that, now that very day, two of them were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And this is called the, rock to, the, the walk to Emmaus, right? And uh, another pronunciation is a mouse. So I just like to picture them walking toward destination. And at their destination, <laughs> there is a mouse. Um, uh, and, and they were conversing about all the things that had happened and occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped looking downcast. Uh, one of them named Cleopas said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place uh, there in these days? And, and he replied, Jesus, what sort of things? <laughs> Which is funny because he knows. He was kind of the main character. <laughs> um, they said to him, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, who's a prophet, mighty indeed in word uh, before God and all the people, how the chief priests, uh, obviously, that's the whole story of them. Like they just recount the story of Easter, right? Um, he said to them, oh, how foolish you are. <laughs> they, just, they, just, like, they just share the gospel with someone that they think is just some random guy. And that person calls them foolish, right? <laughs> Jesus, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophet spoke. Was it not necessary that the, that the, the Messiah should, shuff, should suffer these things to enter into glory? Uh, and then beginning with all the prophets, he re-explained everything to them, right? So they had their understanding. Jesus re-explained it. And then uh, you know, there's the breaking of the bread. They recognize him there. Uh, was not our heart, were not our hearts burning within us? And uh, so... There's there's so much from this story. It's one it's one of our Tons. biggest stories. There's so much depth to it. Uh, what's like? What are the? Why do you love this story? What sticks out to it for you? Um. So okay. So I, a lot, but I, and I, I can make mine short. But I love I love that they're walking in the wrong direction. 
right? They're, they're going, they're running away. They're scared. Um, I love then how Jesus meets them and he walks with them in that wrong direction. And youth ministry, people talk about this all the time, how it's like relational ministry, meet them where they're at, walk with them a little bit, but lead them towards Jesus. I mean, he does that. He literally walks in the wrong direction and listens and listens. Like, I can't imagine the patience it took for Jesus to be like, please, no, I don't know what happened. Tell me. Like, I would, I, like I'm not Jesus because I would have been like, oh, let me tell you. Look. Uh, and show my hands, right? Um, well, like, he like, hey, I'm wearing okay. gloves or something to not give it away. <laughs> yeah, he was just up as Mickey Mouse. We know this. And Oh, the yeah, walk and then, with oh, Mickey and, Mouse. That's, that's the real name of this. <laughs> and then he, he shows love and he shows patience and he walks with them and then he breaks gives and, and then he calls them foolish and so he gives them some tough love which i also am a fan of and he opens the scriptures and gives them like the world's best bible study before like the greatest you know mass ever with like just alone in jesus in the house and so that whole thing but i love the idea that sometimes throughout life many times right there's not i'm not i'm never done that like jesus continues to meet me when i'm walking the wrong way and put me back on the path uh, and so it's just one of those stories that relates to me year after year month after month I like how you called it the the the, the greatest mass of all time uh, because I agree with you, but not for the reasons that you said it. Because right at I said greatest Bible study of all time. Oh, did you? And then a cool mass. Okay, I think you said greatest right. on both. Of them. Did I? Okay, uh, fine. But you Keep know, going. people can uh, go back and 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 d- d- uh, tell us who wins the argument because I'm not sure either. Um, but. There, it would be a great mass because there was the the liturgy of the word, right, where he's breaking open the scriptures to them, and then there's the 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 liturgy of of the Eucharist. But what what made the mass so great is that uh, he he revealed them himself to them in the breaking of the bread. So he broke the bread and then he disappeared. So like that mass would have been really short, like just a tremendous mass to go to. <laughs> great Bible study, great liturgy of the word. Uh, just straight to the point, he breaks the bread, and they're like, "It's Jesus!" And they look around, and he's not there. They eat, they eat, hit, the, they eat the bread, then they go back to to Jerusalem. Like, just nice. It's like daily mass, just a little quick hitter. <laughs> <laughs> daily mass. Uh, here's the thing that that really stuck out to me. All right, so uh, uh, some of the similar th- lines of what you were saying is that they're they are walking the lo- the wrong way. They're lost. They feel betrayed. Like everything. Like they gave their life. For, you know, anywhere from, from a year to three years, depending on, on, you know, how long these specific people walked with Jesus. And, like, they lost everything. They, lo- they watched this guy die. Like, everything fell apart. And in the midst of them feeling lost and betrayed, Jesus shows up to them, and they don't recognize him. And then, like, all the things that you said, right? There's, there's the Bible study. There's the scripture study. There's the breaking of the bread. And then they recognize that he was there. But when was he there? <laughs> like the whole time, literally from from the beginning. Like like Jesus rose. This is one of the one of the like he's already risen. Like he rose chapters ago. He's appeared to many of his disciples. Like this is one of the this is the last chapter. It's like one of the last times that he appears before he ascends up into heaven. And like they're still feeling this loss. They're walking away. They're trying to figure out what their life is going to look like. And the entire time while they're feeling dejected and lost, like the way is walking with them. Uh, like literally victory is walking with them as they're in their defeat and they don't recognize it. But in that, in that moment that they do realize it, it's not just Jesus is here with us. Cause they're not sad. It's this weird thing that they, they realize that it's Jesus and they're not sad that he just disappeared and left them. <laughs> they're excited, right? Yeah. They're excited because they realize that he was there one, he he was risen, and his truth was was true. 
like you know all the things that all the doubts that they would have had and that he was with them that entire time and that that that's a lot about how i feel during this quarantine now right where it's like lost betrayed like there's a lot of things been going on just spiritually in my personal life like there's just been a lot of crud happening and i'm yeah. i'm you know walking away and I, I could feel a lot like these guys in the Emmaus story and like god where are you in all of this like what the heck man like did you just leave me like all the thing are all the things that you said still true and reading this story i'm like vic like even when i feel dejected and lost like literally victory is walking with me like it, it, it hit me like a like a ton of bricks, and I was just like, "Ouch, my heart!" You know, <laughs> it, did it, you cry? I didn't cry because that's beautiful. I only cry when watching Star Wars because that story oh, means yeah. a lot to me. <laughs> but no, that's beautiful, bro. That's beautiful stuff. You're beautiful. That's inspiring. Yeah. So, like, just just the fact that in the midst of all this, and I know, like, I I see it on social media. A lot of people are doing a lot better now. Like, I am doing better now. Not great, but a lot better than I was a month ago. And I know a lot of people are still struggling and hurting. Just know that, like, even in the midst of the wandering, like, God, Jesus is still with you. He hasn't left. We just, we just don't recognize him for whatever reason. And I'm not, I'm not putting fault on anybody. I'm like, I'm not putting fault on myself for right. like the feelings that I was feeling. They're just their feelings. Like I was going to feel them. Like when things are bad, you're going to feel negative feelings, right? But Jesus is there in the midst of them. And like another point was like, look, like a lot of us don't have mass or we haven't had mass for a long time. Uh, I know some dioceses are opening up again this weekend. Uh, others aren't. And like, it's indefinite. Like everybody's going to be in a different boat here. So we've been in the same boat together for about four to six weeks. It's about to change for everybody at different times. Um, but here's what was crazy is that like, they, they get to the, the literally the Eucharist part, right? Where he breaks the bread. And, What's interesting is that they said, like, one of the, fam the famous line from this is, like, we're not our hearts burning within us whenever he was speaking. And whenever he was speaking, yeah. he was doing the liturgy of the word. He was doing the breaking open the scriptures and studying of the Bible and studying of, like, of these things. And it's like a lot of us still don't have mass. We don't have the, the Eucharist part, right? But, like, where their hearts were burning, if they were longing yeah. for Jesus, like, the thing that we can all still do is read our Bibles, listen to holy content, like, watch stuff on YouTube, listen to podcasts, like just kind of let Jesus speak to us through his word. And, and, and I think that's one of the things like, okay, we could focus on the things we don't have like the Eucharist, but what do we, what do we have? The church says that the same Jesus that is present in the Eucharist is present in the scriptures because it's the same word. It's the same Jesus. Uh, so I think the scriptures is something that we do have. So I'm kind of leaning into that. Amen, dude, as we should. Amen to you. John, I feel like we had a good show today. I, I got a lot of things off my chest. You got a lot of things off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I did. This is, it's always fun, man. It's always fun. I love that we can, I love that the, what we talk about is just a giant, random, uh, beautiful assortment of topics. Yeah, because all of this we, show is, is my stream of consciousness. I just take notes throughout the week. I'm like, man, we're going to talk about this now. <laughs> I like it. We can go anywhere, man. The Lord is with us. We can go anywhere except for a mouse. Um, or like I like how you said we, we could go or anywhere, church, but we can't go right many now. places. So, yeah, but, we can know, go anywhere. Mentally, show. on Zoom, in the podcast. We can do anything and go anywhere. John, stay home. Uh, thanks for being here. Guys, thanks for joining the show today. Caitlin, thank you. Uh, if you could, go give a rating to the show on iTunes. It really helps. God bless you guys. Love you. Damn. 
All right, John, we've got a new sponsor on the show. And like for the first time, like usually I do all of the work for the show and you people just show up. But you went out and got us a new sponsor. Who's our newest sponsor today? I'm so excited. Costco. Also, their Kirkland brand original kombucha with how many? Two billion probiotic cultures, whatever that means. Drink it today. <laughs> uh, if you drink kombucha, you will hate your life. And also look like John. So this is not a real commercial. We just wanted to make you laugh here during the quarantine. 